All right, business leaders and owners out there, there has never been a better time than right now to grow a business and impact the world. And if you're anything like me, you are determined to bring value to others and to love the process in doing it. The problem is that as our business scales, the stakes get higher and we lose ourselves in the uncertainty and the burden that running a successful business can bring. But that's where the Momentum Point podcast comes into play. Join us as we dive into five key areas that every business owner and leader should understand. So here's the question. Does your business have momentum? Well, if you're here, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Brett Broderick. Welcome to the Momentum Point Podcast. Now let's get to work. Welcome to the Momentum Point Podcast. This is episode one, the first one ever. Super excited to have you join us. So just to... uh, let you know my name is Brett Broderick and I'm going to be your host and this podcast is birthed out of Vision Brand. Uh, we are a marketing and business consulting company uh, that believes in you have a vision and we want to help you build a brand. But more but more than that, this podcast really focuses on the momentum point concept that if your business is able to be to get in alignment within five key areas, you will receive what we call the momentum point. Your business will be thriving. You will achieve that. So what are those five uh, areas? If you've listened to the introduction uh, episode, you, you, you have a little bit more of an understanding around that, but I'll go into it again. The five areas are impact, operations management, organizational development, financial management, and revenue generation. What we do is we go in and look at businesses and we, uh, through a series of assessments, we look and see how you fit and where you score in those five areas. And if you're, if you're hitting on all cylinders and you're, you're at a 70% or higher on, in all, all five areas, then you have hit the momentum point and your, your business is thriving. But we know that most businesses out there are not anywhere close to the momentum point, especially after everything that's going on right now. COVID-19, uh, the great resignation, uh, all these things that, that businesses, especially small businesses, are facing. We have supply chain issues that are going on. You know, uh, all this, I'm sure, creates major cash flow issues within businesses. And so it is more important now than ever to make sure you're focusing on these things. And that that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about those. Well, you know, the goal in this podcast is to create a, a tribe of individuals, business owners, business leaders that are passionately uh, engaged in their business, that they are not going to settle with being one of the 80% of small businesses that fail within within 10 years, that they are going to be uh, the, the 20%. Uh, it's not even 20. It's actually, I think, 17% of businesses that continue to, to stay in business. Now, whether or not those businesses thrive, I don't know, but at least but we know 17% after 10 years are still in business. But we wanna be the cream of the crop. We wanna, we wanna do the work that it takes to uh, be the top 5%, the top 2%. And how do we do this? By gaining momentum, by hitting 
alignment in all five key areas of this. But what I wanted to start with was a little bit about myself uh, so you can get to know me. Uh, and you know why in the world uh, am I doing a business podcast? Um, you know, just for transparency's sake, Vision Brand is the first business I've ever owned, but I have been uh, a part of multiple startups and worked with many entrepreneurs over the years. Worked in sales, marketing, organizational development, and I've been able to see where businesses have succeeded and where businesses have failed. Uh, I mean, I've been able to be a part of some great consulting groups worked with great mentors that have helped me understand the things that not a lot of people do when it comes to running a successful business. My my partner, uh, Donald Bloom, uh, he is a very successful entrepreneur uh, who has started multiple companies, runs a very uh, prosperous general contracting company that focuses in the retail construction space, and he brings a wealth of knowledge uh, his specialties are going to be mainly around operations management and, and uh, financial management, while I'm going to work to provide a lot of the insight around revenue generation, organizational development, and impact. Uh, but Donald brings a wealth of knowledge around building a true mission within a company that people can buy into. But starting back in 2011, I got involved with an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur who uh, had a lot of experience in building business uh, businesses around uh, distribution and uh, some manufacturing. He had been wildly successful within a family business that was sold off, and he was able to get his hands into some other startups. And uh, I actually was able to uh, just through uh, the the way that the world works. Um, I you know actually. I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic and coming out of uh, treatment at that time, it was actually a homeless ministry. I was connected with this gentleman who uh, was looking for somebody that he could uh, not have to pay a whole, lot of bit of, a whole lot of money and give them an opportunity to help him start up these businesses. So I, the way that you know the cards fell, I was that guy. I graciously accepted the opportunity and I was able to learn a whole lot. Uh, through, we started multiple businesses, uh, started a uh, transportation management uh, uh, software as a service company, uh, we, which was more of a transportation management software that we uh, basically sold and, uh, to me small to medium-sized shippers that shipped uh, what was considered to be less than truckload freight um, all over the nation. Then we also started a online distribution company that focused on uh, specialized electrical connectors for heavy industrial machinery. Got that up and running and did a great job. And we also uh, started another company that manufactured uh, high-end chicken coops. Uh, I, I live down here in Atlanta, Georgia, well, just north of it. And there's, uh, you know, you just go a little bit north of the city and you're going to find a lot of farms. You're also going to find a lot of nice neighborhoods or nice houses where people want to raise their own chickens and they want a nice chicken coop. So we we started a high-end chicken coop company and manufactured those for a while. Uh, you know, worked with him for about five years. Learned everything from marketing to sales, accounting, uh, you know, the operations, everything that it, that it came to running a business and. There came a point where I decided that I was going to move on. I wanted to learn a little bit more in sales, and I got into a sales role within the mortgage industry. From there, I uh, worked for about a year and a half, did not like the mortgage industry, didn't uh, enjoy a lot of the, the things that it brought, but you know, you got to remember, uh, 
you know, back in 2010, I was coming out uh, of, an, of a, just a, a horrible addiction uh, to drugs and alcohol. And, you know, uh, over the next five years, I was just a sponge trying to soak up everything that I could. And getting into mortgages was a great way to understand sales, knew some people in the industry, got involved, learned a lot around uh, sales, the sales process, relationship selling, um, and but did not necessarily like the industry. There were things that, that didn't click with me, and I was able to uh, partner up with a, with a friend. Uh, his father owned the construction company that is now my partner he currently owns. And uh, he gave me an opportunity to come in and get involved from a more of an organizational development perspective in working and building out the, the company's nationwide workforce, which ultimately uh, came into me being the director of organizational development and worked to build out uh, the, ultimately the culture as it is today and, uh, and everything around uh, the resources from a technology standpoint, talent optimization strategies, culture, performance, human resources, and uh, really uh, did a lot to build that company up to more than over more than a thousand people across the across the U.S. and uh, and and then currently, uh, him and I have decided to start the venture of Vision Brand, and we have come up with the concept of of, of Momentum Point Consulting, where we really look at how do we align these companies into the five areas of alignment so that they can reach that momentum point. I also do consulting, uh, organizational change management consulting for uh, software and technology companies. And that's been an exciting venture that's just added more to my skill set and uh, brings more value to what we do here. But that is a little bit of the origin of how we have um, birthed uh, Momentum Point podcast. So uh, you know, definitely going to get more into that as we get into more episodes. And, you know, I always go back to my experience and where I've been, what I've learned, uh, what I, what we did well, what we did poorly, and uh, just a lot that I've learned in other organizations, working with other entrepreneurs, other business leaders, and being able to bring that to the table. But let's talk a little bit about the momentum point and you know, why is it so important that these five things are going to be able to bring your business to a point of, of thriving success? So I talked about this in the introduction, but we'll talk about it again. So does your business provide these five things? Does it give you the time and the freedom that you joined up, that you dreamed of when starting a business? And we consider that to be the operations management like, do you, do you have your operations within your company down so tight that you have the freedom to, uh, to take a, a three-week trip and not have to worry about what's going to happen with your business? Can you, can you go and spend that, you know, that long day with your son or your daughter uh, or your spouse or, or your friend and not have to worry about what's going to happen in the business? Well, you know, we're going to talk about how do you get to that point by really focusing on your operations. Okay, what if your business was able to create a team and a culture that positions your business as a top talent magnet? So in episode one, we're going to talk a little bit about the great resignation. And we're going to get into that um, as really our first topic. Uh, and this is around organizational development because we see something happen that's really never happened before. 
I mean, I think that the numbers are roughly 4.3 million people in the workforce are leaving. I think 40% of the workforce right now uh, admits to uh, being open to leaving their current company. And a lot of that all dials down to uh, the organizational development within the company. And we're going to dive into it. So uh, the third piece, financial management is if your business was able to eliminate unwanted surprises in the area of cash flow and financial projections. And this is so important that so many people either throw off, they let other people manage the, the financial piece of their company. They don't understand uh, the, the, the ratios and the telltale signs that really let someone understand you know, the health of their company. And a lot of these things, if you're paying attention to it, uh, are what will make or break you. Uh, companies that feel like they're doing fine today, if they're not understanding their financial management well, within you know 90 days to six months could be completely uh, underwater and the doors could be locked. So financial management is a huge one. Um, the fourth one, does your business maintain a solid pipeline of leads and customers that are already searching for your product. Now we know what it feels like when the pipeline is full. It feels great, people relax. The next thing you know, the pipeline dries up. Then you've gotta refill it. It's almost like you've gotta work twice as hard to get that pipeline full again. And then on top of that, are you even attracting customers that are already looking for your product or your service or whatever it is you're doing? So a lot of times you, you, you're attracting people that are tire kickers, but they don't, they're not coming to, to your company ready to actually give you business. So how do, we, how do we turn that around? How do we find a, not, not just a solid pipeline of leads and customers, but leads and customers that are already looking for your product and your service? And that's going to be sales and marketing. That's the area of revenue generation. And then to me, the most important one, and this is just, this one tops the cake, is impact. So if your business was able to impact the world in a way that made you eager and excited to jump out of bed every single day to accomplish your goals, accomplish your dreams through your business, then you would you will have been in alignment with the impact piece. <clears throat> and that one is huge because it's the fuel that keeps you going every single day. When you feel like you can't handle uh, another day of losing a customer or you can't handle another day of, of some major issue you have within the organization, maybe there's an operational breakdown or maybe there is uh, an issue with, the, with the, your, your talent strategy that is just not bringing the results that you need, as long as you understand your mission and your vision and your impact piece and you have it at the center, it's going to keep you motivated every single day to jump out of, out of bed. And if you can be in alignment in these five areas, then you're going to achieve what we call the momentum point. So a, a little bit around the, the name Vision Brand. I think it's important also, too, to understand why in the world do we have, have the name Vision Brand. There's a lot in a name, and Vision Brand is extremely important in the fact that, that you have to have a vision when you start a company. That vision is going to be whatever it is, whatever value you think that you can bring to the world by starting it. A lot of people may start a company just because they think it's gonna bring money in. That may be the initial motivation, but there should be a vision there as well. I've talked to a lot of people. I've got a friend who, who used to work in a, in a, in a high-end kitchen 
and he had a dream and a vision that he would be able to start his own restaurant and he already knew how to cook. The skill was there. He knew how to do it. But his vision was that he saw what he felt all other restaurants did wrong. But what he would be able to do right to create an environment for people to show up, enjoy their meal, enjoy a time with their family, get away from the stresses of the world. And he wanted to be at the heart of that. That was his vision. I've got another friend and another person who started a landscape company. And they create beautiful outdoor living areas. But if you ask him, what do you do? He's not going to just say, oh, we create outdoor living areas or, oh, we're a landscape company. He's going to say that he creates inspiring outdoor spaces that sustain human connection, that bring people together. He, he has a vision that when he goes into someone's backyard, he can help that individual turn that backyard into a space that everyone in the neighborhood wants to come for, for game day or for a grill out. That when they, when they hear that they're going to go over to Bob's backyard, that they're going to get to hang out at, around the fire pit or you know cook a pizza in the outdoor pizza oven. So these are the visions uh, that these individuals have that start a company. But then the second piece is you have to build a brand. And a brand is very simply put, the unique value that you provide the world. So you know a lot of people have companies and they don't necessarily have a brand or their brand is poor but you can think of a lot of companies out there that have a brand that's very strong and it and it the brand speaks to the value that they bring to the world so i'll just i live here in atlanta georgia i'll say chick-fil-a everyone knows when they go to chick-fil-a that they're that they're going to get a good meal that the experience is going to be impeccable and the operations are going to be down pat they're going to it doesn't matter if there's a hundred cars in the drive in the drive-through line. They're going to get through it quick. They're going to get a hot chicken sandwich with hot fries, and their order is going to be right 99.9% of the time. And that is the brand that Chick-fil-A has. And you, if if you were down here in Atlanta during the pandemic when all other fast food restaurants were shut down, uh, and you know people were trickling through the drive-throughs, Chick-fil-A was 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 killing it. Cars were wrapped around the, the restaurant. People were sitting, I mean, the roads were packed out with cars going down the road to get to Chick-fil-A. And it's because they had built a brand. You see, Truett Cathy had a vision about building a quality chicken sandwich and then building a, a company that provided, provided value through the food that they served. Nowadays, they don't just provide amazing value through food that they serve. They, they provide amazing value through uh, opportunity to work in their company. People, you know, f- fight tooth and nail to become a proprietor or a franchisee owner of a Chick-fil-A restaurant. I think they call it an owner-operator. I mean, there's people who go to Harvard, you know, Ivy League schools and still would want to come out and be a Chick-fil-A owner-operator. And then individuals who want great leadership skills go in early in college, work for Chick-fil-A, learn a lot. And that's the brand that they've built for themselves. But we, we see that all over the place. You know, you can even look at Starbucks. Starbucks has built almost the same brand. You know that when you go in there, you can order your mocha java chip latte and they're going to get it to you quick. It's going to be consistent whether you get it in Atlanta, Georgia or Knoxville, Tennessee. It's going to cost about the same, and the environment is inviting. 
The people typically are, are, are pleasant. Um, the baristas know how to cook, you know how, know how to make your drink. And they've created that brand. They give you the cafe experience that's consistent and quality. So, so we decided that we wanted to help companies you know, the owner, the business leaders, they bring the vision and then we help them build the brand. And we do that through a couple different areas of vision brand. We do that through marketing services. We also do that through small business consulting, leading people through the five points of alignment so that they get to what we call the momentum point. So that's a little bit about us, just so you can understand who we are, where we're coming from, what to expect over the next episodes that are coming up because there's gonna be more. The goal is is that we're going to build a community. I'm excited about a lot of the things that we have in store. We want to, you know, our vision for the future is to not just do uh, audio podcasts, but to have a YouTube page with video that's going to have different uh, tips and tricks and tools, maybe some mini courses out there to help uh, business owners and business leaders uh, implement some of these winning tactics that will help them get over some of the hurdles and the humps. So we're excited to see this uh, this community grow and expand over time. And it's all going to be around people who are willing to put their hearts and souls into making it so that their business is the top 2%. Not, we don't, you know, remember the 17% are the ones after 10 years that are still there. And we're not even going to be happy with being in the top 17%. We want to be in the top 2%, the ones that, that are, that are thriving. So so let's go ahead and kick off uh, this first episode, and we're, and we're going to dive into one of the key areas of alignment, and that area is going to be organizational development. And I, there's, a, there's, a, there's something going around today. Everyone's talking about it. It's called the Great Resignation. Uh, we see it on the news. We're hearing it on the radio. Uh, and it, it, the way it's being described is that it's almost like the COVID-19 of industry. It's like there's this this virus that's come out that is that is hurting companies and businesses and they are all falling apart people are quitting and leaving and disappearing you know a lot of these are the good employees right the ones that that we don't want to lose and at the, and then it's hard to to find talent to come in it's hard to find good quality candidates to fill those roles and it's been listed the great resignation so you know, what's the opposite of that? Well, let's call it the great retention. You know, let's look and, and, and let's dive into some stuff. I've got some facts and some figures here that we can talk about, but I kind of want to do a mind shift change for people when they look at what the great resignation is. And and I think the power in power is in looking at it from a different perspective, not looking at it from the perspective that, oh, our company's dealing with the great resignation. Because you got to remember this, if your company's going through the great resignation, if it's caught the great resignation bug, we'll call it that, then that is there's not a bug that's coming to your company. That's a telltale sign that there's something wrong in your company, that there's something that you need to work on. It's like if you have if your if your company's like a car and you're driving it and you start noticing that there's some issues, maybe maybe the tires are running a little rough down the road or it's pulling a little hard to the left. And you say, well, I don't really want to work. You know, I don't have time to fix it. I've got, I've got a lot of work to do. You know, I'm just going to keep, keep driving it. It's not that big of a problem right now. Well, then all of a sudden you, you, you notice it's time to get an oil change and you say, you know what? I'm not going to get an oil change. 
Um, you know, these cars can typically go 10,000 miles without an oil change. I'm going to continue to push it. Well, then you keep working that car, keep driving it. And then you start noticing that, oh man, the check engine lights come on. Well, I'll go, I'll run, go do a diagnostic test. You, you throw the compute, you go AutoZone, O'Reilly's, wherever you put the, you know, the, the, the code reader into your car and you, you check the code on it and it doesn't seem to be that major of a code. So you're just like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it that much. So, um, it's nothing that's, you know, it's not going to put my car on the side of the road. So I'm just going to keep driving it. But what you don't think about is now that your check engine lights on, if there's another problem with your car, you're not going to know it. So you continue to drive that car. And then the next thing that you know is you're dead on the side of the road. Well, you're not dead. Your car's dead on the side of the road, going nowhere and your cars quit on you. And I, I think that is a good representation to what we're seeing with the great resignation. You know, COVID-19 came and exposed a lot of things, but what it did was it, is it, is it gave employees the ability to say that I have, I am not happy where I currently am. I want a better future. I want better opportunity. And there's companies out there that are willing to give it to me. But let's look at a couple of facts and figures real quick and, and let's kind of put this into perspective. You know, they say that about 40% of the workforce right now is open to finding a new job. Uh, you know, the younger generations, uh, it's even higher. I want to say it's over 50% that are open to finding a new, a new position. But where are these people going? I mean, are they just quitting and then yeah, going and sitting at home? I mean, that's not true. I mean, right. If you look at the statistics right now, uh, unemployment uh, rates or people that are applying for unemployment is at an all-time low. So, so where are people going and what are they doing? Well, I'll tell you, they're doing a few things. Um, the first one is is they're looking for a better opportunity. Uh, they've they're not happy where they currently are. They realize there's a lot of companies out there that are that are hiring and they're trying to retain top talent. So, what are they doing? They're offering great benefits. Uh, they're, uh, they're look, you know, one of the easiest ways to get a pay raise is to find another job. They're also, uh, offering, you know, the ability to work remote, um, where some companies are saying, now you got to come in. They're saying, okay, well, Hey, we've learned through COVID that you can work remote and be successful. So, you know, we're going to have an entire workforce where you can work from home and we're going to have all the technology We're you know, Slack, uh, Microsoft teams, whatever it takes so that we can be efficient working from our home office. Or, you know, if you want to move to the beach and work from the beach, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you can get the job done. So people are leaving uh, for that reason. They're leaving to find better leaders. Uh, you know, they're, they're fed up with the management and the, the inability to have leadership. So they're, they are going to another company in the hopes that they will find someone that that will lead them in the way that they want to be led or that they can buy into another person's vision and mission that they want to make an impact in the world. Well, another thing that people are doing is they are going to companies where there is a clear and defined career path. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people where they just don't really know where to go in their company. There's no career path. There's, uh, you know, the they don't know how do they move up. There's no training. There's no uh, investment into the employees to make them better at their jobs. So they get disengaged um, and they become uh, despondent to 
to the business and and they don't like that they they you know they're not growing so eventually they're going to leave and i think that that's one of the things that we have to look at with employees if we're not giving them something to work towards and something to believe in you have to expect that they're probably eventually going to leave and if they're good solid employees that's the last thing you want but that's you know that's the second thing people are looking to leave for a better opportunity a better pathway so that they know hey how do i get a raise how do i become how do i become a director how do i become a sales manager uh how do i how do i get involved with a company that is going to invest in me to give me the skills that i need to grow and um there's plenty of companies out there that are willing to do it and another a third thing you know another reason that people are leaving is because they're starting their own businesses yeah you know during the pandemic a lot of people were at home they weren't in the office they worked they started learning side hustle skills they started realizing that these side hustle skills could produce a revenue and a lot of these people within a year have started producing a revenue that's allowed them to work for themselves and i think that that is an amazing thing uh I, I love to see that. I love to see that people, uh, we know those are motivated individuals that are looking to bring value to the world. And, and I say more power to that, but we know that a lot, that the majority of these individuals are leaving companies because just like the car that wasn't being maintained, the companies are not being maintained. And what we're seeing is the great resignation. So what are some things that we can do as a business to ensure that we are, uh, that we are, you know, giving our employees a pleasant experience, that we that we are keeping them engaged, making them feel part of something that is uh, bigger than them, that they that they feel like they're making an impact on the world. Well, we have to realize one that we have to recognize our employees. Um, you know, for a lot of individual leaders out there, I know that's a very tough thing, um, especially when things are hard. It's it, it is hard to to praise your employees and recognize them, but but they need recognition. Uh, that is that is I would say one of the the top areas of engagement is making sure that those people are engaged by giving them recognition. The second one is, and this is one of the biggest reasons people say people don't leave a job; they leave a boss. So we have to understand that professional relationships are paramount in the workforce. You know, managers have a different leadership style than executives, but everybody has the ability to lead their teams, not not boss their teams, but lead their teams. And we have to understand that those professional relationships matter. So if you have a team, your direct reports, do you know their family members' names? Do you know their birthdays? Do you know, you know if they have sons or daughters? Do you know if their sons or daughters are involved in sports or what they enjoy to do? Do you sit down with your employees and ask them what their goals are over five years and how can you help them attain their goals? I'm telling you, if you're not doing this as a company, then you are likely suffering from the great resignation. I'm telling you, your your employees, if you get to know your employees, and you get to know their dreams and their aspirations and what's important to them and how can you help them be successful, then they will be loyal to you because they trust you and they know that you want what's best for them and you will get the you the law of reciprocity will work, that they will work hard for you. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. But if you're not doing it, 
you are likely suffering from the great resignation. So um, are your employees engaged? You know, you have to find ways to keep them engaged. You have to have them working in groups and those groups have to be high performing. And we'll get into how do you create high performing groups in another episode. But do you have them working on projects that are uh, that are monumental towards reaching the vision and the goal? Does the company have a strategic vision that the com- that that all employees know and understand that we're working towards? And when they come to work every day, they know what their purpose is. They can they they have smart goals. They have KPIs. They have metrics. They know what they're working towards, and they know how to measure it. And they're engaged in it. When you start seeing a disengaged workforce, people who are not excited about promotions, people who are not excited about being in meetings, they're getting quiet, they're showing up late, they're taking time off. You know that you're probably part. You're you're probably suffering from the great resignation. These employees are going to leave, so you got to keep them engaged. So, a couple other things that that you'll see and you'll notice from employees. Uh, that are, you know, looking to leave is they become, uh, they become, I guess, apathetic to uh, their work. They become apathetic to the things that are asking to do. A lot of us as business leaders have great discernment and we have to really use that. It's easy to pick up on some things that are going on within the office or within the workforce and say, oh, I, I think there might be something wrong here. It's like with the car. You know, but you try to push it to the side because it's hard to deal with, but don't use your discernment. If you feel like your employees are becoming disengaged, you have to figure out ways to get them engaged again. You, you, you need to sit down with them, talk with them, uh, talk with the talk with the leaders that manage the frontline workers. Listen to what's going on. You know, another really good thing to do is if you are suffering from the great resignation, go and pull out all of those exit interviews and read them. If you are not doing exit interviews at your company, then you're definitely probably suffering from the great resignation. Because if you're if you don't care why your employees are leaving, then that then that probably your 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 employees probably feel like you don't care about them at all. So read your exit interviews or start giving exit interviews. You will see a wealth of knowledge in there. A lot of people are willing to say exactly what they think in an exit interview um, because because they've already got another job. <laughs> they're, they're safe. They can give that, that, that unbiased feedback uh, to, to human resources or whoever gives that, um, that area. So, you know, there's just a few things that you can really do and really work on from an organizational development perspective to to create that top talent magnet company that everybody wants. Not only how do you how do you attract top talent, but how do you retain top talent? How do you turn the great resignation into the great retention? And that that is it's not easy, but there are some simple things that you can do. And we've already talked about a few of them, but you know, one of the biggest things is you can get involved in your employees' lives. You know, if you are a business owner or a business leader, get your management to be involved in their team's lives. They're leaders, remember? They're they're not we don't want bosses, we want leaders. People follow leaders and we and people want to work for leaders. Now it is possible to have leaders without leadership. And 
that in essence is a boss. So, you know, we want to make sure that we are, you know, training all of our management, all of our director level positions, all of our executives with proper leadership training, making sure that everyone understands to have the empathy needed to properly lead a team so that that team knows that there is safety within an organization and that they're there to not only help the organization thrive, but they're there to, to thrive as well. So, all right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. We're about, you know, 35 minutes in. The goal is to keep these to between 20 to 40 minutes long so you can listen to them on a car ride and listen to them on a lunch break. I hope that you've been able to, to get some valuable nuggets out of what we talked about today. You know what we're about. You know why we're here because you really want to make sure that you have, that you hear what we, what we have to say. We've been through it. We've seen it. A lot of this is tested and, tr and tried and true when it comes to getting real results out of growing a thriving business. But I'm excited to talk to you next time because what we're talking about is your business.